Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Etc. Podcast. We are thrilled today to have on Britt Williams-Baker. Um, she is a Harvard Business School graduate, an expert investor with 10 plus years of experience and a money mindset coach. She's one of the co-founders of Dow Janes, which teaches women how to take control of their finances with a step-by-step -step education and also a community of support, which as you know, we are huge advocates of here at X Experts. Financial literacy, what women are gonna do when they are thinking about getting divorced, are in the process of getting divorced or are divorced and now realize that they really didn't know anything about their finances for the past X number of years and how are they gonna manage it all? So. Britt, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's great to meet you. And if you guys could see her hearing that she has 10 years of investment experience, like, <laughs> this girl's a kid. She's, <laughs> she looks so young, but she's super smart and experienced. So we're very lucky to have her here sharing her expertise. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like... With the obvious, I mean, first of all, we're obsessed with the name of your company, Dow Janes, which we love, love, love. So clever, obviously. But like, what made you guys, you and your partner, your business partner, Lorianne, even start Dow Janes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it started, I was just going to share the story of how I could possibly have so much experience. Um, I started investing when I was seven years old. So my parents taught me about- So you're 17 now? I was going to say, right. You're, you're 15 years old. Yeah. You know, yeah. I started investing in the stock market in college. Like it's just been, it's been part of my story, part of my upbringing and, and education. And I, I know that most people don't get that in their households and their families. Um, and so when I moved back to the Bay area after grad school, a bunch of friends came to me asking for investment advice saying, how do I get invested? How do I start thinking about retirement? And I started what was the original Dow Janes, which was just a club. It was a club of women in my living room where I would, we'd gather kind of monthly or quarterly and talk about things related to investing in money. And it was the first time that I had a place and I was creating a place where it was totally safe to talk about money. Right. For women to talk about money. For women to talk about money. Exactly. Like taking it's the taboo. So taboo. Out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a woman sitting on the couch saying we were all looking at our budget and she was like, whoa, I spent so much money on groceries last month. Is this normal? Like, what do you spend? And it just opened up conversations for us to you know, be totally candid and transparent. Yeah. I think that that's really important. And I remember speaking to somebody else in the financial world, a woman, and she's like, you know, there are a lot of big words out there because it was made for men. Yes. It was all based around a man's world. And the yeah. truth is these complicated terms are actually very simple. Exactly. So don't be afraid of the big words because they're actually very simple and mm -hmm. you can, you can certainly understand and implement them in your own way and yeah. be perfectly knowledgeable. There's this statistic that, you know, women consistently underestimate their own abilities while Always. overestimating what's required to be financially involved. So they think it's harder than it's going to be. And that often keeps them from even starting. And I bet that, that applies, applies to everything. I was just going to say, because I remember <laughs> reading an article and it had a, an, an interesting similar statistics with, re with regards to women um, and employment 
and the kinds of jobs that they apply to. Like a woman will look at a job application or a job description on LinkedIn and be like, wow, there are 10 requirements here, but I've only done seven of them. I can't apply for this job. I'll never you know, be able to be good enough to do this job. Whereas a guy who might've done three of them and will totally throw his hat in the ring. Like women just always are like, we have to know everything, be in control of everything. Otherwise we're not gonna be good enough or smart enough or people aren't gonna take us seriously. Mm -hmm. So what is Dow Jane's exactly now? <laughs> Dow Jane's is a financial education platform. So we teach everything from getting out of debt, learning how to save and budget to learning to invest. And we work with women in our program. It's called the Million Dollar Year is our flagship program. And that is where we have a step-by-step -step curriculum. So we literally break things down into the easiest bite-sized pieces. So you can't not take action. We really wanted to make sure that it was you know, easy enough to just move right through the program. And then we add onto that layers of accountability and community and office hours, places for people to ask questions and financial coaches. I feel like anybody could use that at any time, even like as a check-in. I mean, exactly. seriously, sign me up. I yeah. just, I, I, the other day we just got all these bills in and I was like, I'm feeling a little sick right now. Like, I don't even know what we're doing here. You know, it's, it, it ends up being a lot and stuff being, so you're talking about being a mindset, money mindset coach. It's like eating, right? Whatever. I, I only had a sandwich today. Yeah. And like four pretzels and you know, whatever that you just conveniently forgot, just like spending money and you get your credit card and you're like, oh yeah, that. Yeah, well, that tell us, tell that. us about, for people who don't know or haven't heard the terminology before, like what is a money mindset coach? Yeah, well, I mean, let's start with, let's back up and, and think about kind of what's keeping people from working with their money or even, you know, opening the bills that you mentioned. There's so much shame and guilt and story around money that people don't even realize that they're holding on to. So we have these unconscious beliefs and ways of thinking about money that usually come from our upbringing, you know, how your parents talked about money or treated money. Usually you inherit some of that. So you're coming in with these unconscious stories. You've also kind of created your own story around money, either that, you know, people with money aren't nice or aren't good or whatever your kind of narrative is that has made you kind of turn in the other direction of money. And so the first part of both the program and how I work with people is addressing that mindset, is deciding how do you want to be when it comes to money? Who's your new money persona? How does she relate to money? How do you do you think of someone like, you know, one of our big quotes is good things happen when women have money. Do you believe that? Do you want to get behind that frame of mind? Uh, and so that's a big, you know, the mindset, if you don't address that first, you can't change anything else later. So it's a really important first step when it comes to finances, especially. Your business partner, Lorianne, is an empowerment coach and an energy healer. For people who don't know what those terms mean, what, what do they mean? But also how does that relate back and tie into financial literacy empowerment for women? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that's um, more like the energy she is bringing into her style of coaching is one of empowerment, uh, but she's, you know, on the whole, mostly a financial coach. 
Uh, and then the energy healing piece is also similar. Like it's part of the attitude she brings. She believes anyone can change their situation. Like a really holistic, spiritual approach to money coaching. Um, but it's not something we're actively doing in Dow Jane's. It's it's actually super practical and grounded. Um, so we have like woo-woo elements to us, but the program itself is is quite practical. But it but addressing the emotional side of money is really important. Otherwise, you're never going to be responsible. Exactly. It's it's. I mean, I keep relating it to food, but it is. It's like a thing. Like you you go and spend a lot of money or. You know, you're just browsing online and and shopping mindlessly, or you're eating and not thinking about it, and and it's just really unhealthy. If, if you can really get to the bottom of what is driving this negative money experience of yours, it, you'll just feel so much better. So yeah. when you're going through divorce, you know there are different stages. Of course, you're thinking about it, and as far as money, you might be like, I can't afford it. That's what we hear a lot from right. women who are like not getting divorced and not leaving very unhealthy situations because they feel like they can't afford to get divorced and figure out their lives. And also they maybe could afford it, but don't know anything about it. Yeah. I, I it wasn't my job. I don't know what you're even talking about. Like there's money. I don't money. know where the money is. I don't know there's where money. I'm sure there's money, right? Don't be so sure. So at that initial stage, when you're like kind of, you know, weighing pros and cons and is divorce really the direction I'm heading in, what, what is your advice to people, like your top tips for the holy shit moment? And money is definitely a primary determined, you know, um, reason why people won't get a divorce. So what can you tell people? Yeah. Yeah. Just feeling for that, that moment of staying in a relationship. Yeah. It's awful. It's like awful. Yeah. So let's, let's see, we're not talking about kind of proactive, what you could, could have done. We're talking about that moment that we're going to get right. We're going to get to that. Yeah. But in the beginning for someone who's in it, who already hasn't done anything proactive. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's starting to gather information. It's tracking, you know, what do you actually need on a monthly basis? Start tracking your needs, both your your expenses that you kind of can't get by without health insurance, et cetera. Start factoring what that actually is on a monthly basis. And then your want, we call it needs and wants. So your wants budget. What are those other things that are nice to haves that you would also kind of would be good to have in a given month? And that's kind of your the number that you're working with for what you would actually need. And that just bringing some clarity to it for a lot of people who, you know, they have their head in the sand or they've never paid attention to their finances. Just getting really clear on those numbers is the first step for beginning to navigate and figuring out, is this feasible? What would this look like? What are some of the most common problems that you see divorce women going through who come to you, like regardless almost of what stage they're in, but there have to be common themes? Oh gosh. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, one of the big ones is that, that they just haven't been in the money conversation. So they don't have information about what's going on. And so as much as you can kind of like before things are tense or you're in, you know, talking to lawyers, getting whatever information you can about the assets, the family assets, the investments, where the money is, just informing yourself for going into those conversations. 
And on your site and in your program, are you educating people on different terms? And, you know, so, okay. So the money's here, here, and here. Okay. I don't know what a Roth is. And I, where's the pension? And, you know, like there are probably a lot of words that if you're not, weren't part of the conversation, number one, because you're a woman and that's not your job, or mm-hmm. you opted to not be a part of it or both. Um, yeah. Like where can people go to learn? Cause yeah, now we absolutely. need like, you have a step, but it's, but it's like, okay, great. I need to learn where the money is. Like, where would it be? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So there's, you know, our program is includes a ton of financial literacy. So you're learning these, these terms, you know, what is a Roth IRA? Where would it be? What is, what would it be invested in? Um, And we have calls each week with different coaches. So you could join one of those coaches and ask any of your questions along the way. Great. Um, We mostly work with women on the other side of divorce. So So let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, they've come out of divorce and they're kind of having to manage their financial situation on their own for the first time. That's where we, in terms of the divorce process, that's where we really excel. Okay. So, so what are, what does that look like for someone who's listening right now and is like, okay, I'm like about to be finished or I am finished and I am on the other side. Yeah. What are going to be the basic tenets in the beginning that they're going to learn from you guys to make them feel like I can do this? Yeah, absolutely. So we teach them everything they need to know. <laughs> That's a lot. And that could seem overwhelming to someone. Yeah, but when you break it down, the thing about personal finance is that you have to remember that you're not trying to do everything at once. You are not trying to invest your retirement and pay off your credit card debt and set up your budget all at the same time. You're doing one at a time. And it's really important to do things in the right order because if you mess up that order, you're actually kind of shooting yourself in the foot in terms of uh, making the most of your money. When it comes to your relationship after divorce, do you always think it's your partner or ex's fault? It isn't, although it often can be. What role do you play and how can you unhook to do better for you in your divorce or co-parenting relationship? Cherry Morris is a lawyer and now a full-time divorce coach. She has a unique niche in this field because she works with couples as well as individuals to help them decide about divorce, reduce conflict during it, and do better post-divorce to de-escalate conflict and take care of themselves. She can facilitate difficult discussions to improve how to decide to move forward, and her transformative model of mediation coaching will change how you view your interactions and yourself. To learn more, check out Sherry's website, www.deardivorcecoach.com. Sherry also has an awesome co-parenting course and guide to co-parenting with your ex called Co-Parenting, What It Is and How We Do It. Click the store on her website and use the code XEXPERTS for a discount. If you're enjoying our Divorce Etc. podcast, be sure and subscribe to our newsletter to get XEXPERTS in your inbox. It's free and includes tips from real life experts who've been through it, telling you what they wish they knew. You'll also hear about our upcoming episodes and Q and A's with our experts. Plus you'll find out about our upcoming events before anyone else and get access to discounts and preferred pricing. You can sign up at www.exexperts.com. What what would be the right order of those three things that you just made? So the first thing is to pay off credit card debt. So credit card debt is 
remarkably expensive in the United States. Interest rates are 20 to 30%. They compound daily. You're just, you're paying, you know, you buy a pair of jeans for $100. It costs you $200 if you put it on a credit card and don't pay it off. So it's just the most expensive thing that people have in their financial lives. So that's always the number one priority is paying off credit card debt. And then the second piece is to save an emergency fund. And that's just like your buffer fund. Your there's a hole in a roof. The like, you know, something bad happens and you can't pay for it over time. You need that money on the spot. You don't want to go into debt for it. You don't want to have to take it out of your investments. Right. That's what your emergency fund is for. And then the third step is investing both your retirement accounts and your non-retirement accounts. So the economy today is very upsetting. <laughs> I mean, I sold my home and I would say a bulk of my money is there. It's for a long-term investment purpose, but it's like very upsetting to even hear it in the news. And I'm supposed to have a call with my, like my investment group tomorrow, actually. So that shouldn't be fun. Um, so what do you tell people about investing? I think that people are afraid, you know, mm -hmm. maybe I should invest in real estate. Like the market is just all over the place. And if that's really where I'm putting all my money, that's pretty scary. So what kind of advice do you give people? Yeah. So when it comes to investing, there are a ton of myths out there, especially among women. And the biggest one is that investing is risky and investing is scary. And if you do it the right way, if you first save your emergency fund and then you plan to invest for the long term, long term being, you know, anything over three years, five years is better, but five years are longer. You're not planning to touch that money. So you're not investing money for your, your, your high school kids college fund. Like that's not a long enough time horizon. You're investing money for retirement or further down the line. And when you have that time period, you can weather the ups and downs in the market. And so, you know, for most of the clients that I'm advising, they're not scared right now. Yeah, the market's down, but they're long-term investors. They're planning to hold this. They know it's going to recover. The market has always recovered. You know, even after the biggest dips, 2008, 2020, it always comes back. And so if you just have the patience and have the ability to keep it invested, it doesn't have to be risky. It doesn't have to be scary. Just All right. You just, you just made my phone call a little easier thing <laughs> <laughs> because it is scary. I mean, it is, but you don't have to be scared. You don't have you know to what scared. I mean? Like yeah, you're, this you're is looking in the news and everybody's freaking you out. And, and I do have the, I, I'm like checking the boxes in my head as you're right, speaking. But you still are, you want it. You're afraid that like, okay, but what if I lose my retirement fund? Right. That's I my care. retirement money. Right. Yeah. Right. But you have time until retirement. And that's why this he's is very old. She doesn't have that much time. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to knock on wood as far as time. Everybody knock on wood right now for me. Right. Time. Okay. Thank you. The other, just like slightly more technical part that I'll share is as you get closer to retirement, if you're investing correctly, and this is how we teach women to invest, you're the, I'm going to use a time complicated term here, asset allocation, which is literally just percentage of stocks and percentage of bonds in your portfolio, that changes over time. So as you get closer to retirement, you have fewer stocks and more bonds. And so your portfolio isn't going to jump as much. It's not going to follow the stock market. Right. You have less volatility because you have more solid investments in your portfolio. Exactly. Yeah. I would. Yeah. 
they can both be solid, but one's less volatile. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for women um, who come to you who are on the other side, I mean, a big part, I'm sure that, you know, um, when it comes to divorce, what women are trying to figure out oftentimes is like, can I stay in the house? Mm -hmm. You know, you're, the needs versus wants, you're totally right, of course, but sometimes it's things that you feel like you need and then you're like, I need it and I can't afford it. I mean, we've spoken to women who like have to get rid of their cars and, you know, have to start relying on public transportation. Like you, you really have to draw the line somewhere. So not to get too technical in terms, but I think that one of the big struggles is like if you're making X amount of money, how much of that should I be comfortable spending on my um, like cost of living each month, whether it's rent, whether it's my mortgage, things like that. So do you have like specific rules with regards to debt to income ratio and things like that, that you teach people in this program? Yeah. So kind of two different questions. One is on spending. So if you make a hundred percent of the money, 50% of that you can spend on needs, 30% on wants, and 20% you should be saving. That's a general general guidelines for healthy financial life. And this is all before taxes? That's after taxes. Okay. Yeah. The okay. other way you could just put it is count needs. Do it before taxes, but put your okay. tax needs. Yeah. Either one. Um, but that's, yeah. Ultimately, you want to be saving 20% of your take-home pay. Um, and in terms of debt to income ratio, we, we work with people on increasing their credit scores. And so it's just kind of looking at what, what is your current debt situation. People relate to debt differently. Some people are totally comfortable having debt. Others you know, really don't like having debt. And so there's also a personal piece in there. Um, but in terms of credit card debt, that one's clear. Just clear that as fast as you can. Right, right, right. So tell us like with regards to the million dollar year program, a little about that. I know how it's broken down, like, you know, month, week by week, month by month, kind of like the phases that you start it, but like why it's particularly good for divorced women. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because when we started the program, it, that wasn't our, our uh, target demographic at all. We thought we were going to be reaching our peers in their thirties, you know, just like starting out in their careers. And I got divorced in my thirties. <laughs> Both of us did. Yeah. Yeah. We've found that, you know, late thirties into forties has been the sweet spot of women who joined the million dollar year. And it's, it works well because, you know, one, we're just giving you A to Z, everything you need to know in terms of financial literacy and putting, creating your financial life kind right. of sometimes from scratch. So it has all the education, but more than that, it has the community. And so we have a couple right. thousand people in the community who are all in the same boat, who are all on the other side of not, you know, there are some who are moms and married and younger and older, you know, we have all sorts of women, but the bulk of them are post-divorce. And so they have this, this tribe of like-minded people who can kind of rally them through this together. And they can, we have this way that we set people up with accountability buddies. And so you have a partner that you meet with each week and do your weekly money ritual together, or at least check in and say that you've done it. And so to have someone who kind of knows what you're going through is really helpful when you're dealing with money and it feels daunting and scary. We totally agree with that. Um, in your program, one of the stages I, I think was like you, how someone could earn an extra thousand dollars a month. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that? I think people would be dying like to hear some of that. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a bonus course called the thousand dollar month that we developed to help people earn extra income, even if they're short on time, energy, or ideas. And we have this process that we take people through where they first inventory their skills, their skill sets, their assets, kind of what they have to work with in terms of making more money. Do they have time? Do they have a car? Do they like do they have a computer? And what are their what are their skills? And then give them the spreadsheet with hundreds of different options of ways to make money, including kind of here's what you would expect to make per hour. And here are different resources for going and getting those jobs or those side hustles or asking for a raise or you know whatever the different way to increase your income are. And again, similar to the million dollar year, it's step by step. So there's workbooks and accountability steps that kind of walk you through the whole thing. And it's funny because I, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was the kind of thing like, earning $1,000 because you're now investing or saving your money in a different way where you have money that you kind of like, sort of like found money, but it's, you're mm -hmm. talking about actually getting another Earning job more money or right. Or, or taking on, you know, more work in some capacity. I love that asking for a raise to get earn an yeah, extra I mean, That's the most obvious one. And, <laughs> and I think that most women, women wouldn't think about it. Well, or just like, yeah, I'm not qualified for a raise. I didn't do a good enough job. I didn't, I we didn't, did I didn't, whole, I didn't. We did a whole podcast episode with a great friend who is a senior vice president of human resources at a big company out in California about like, how do you go in and ask for a raise and how do you value yourself in the workplace? Because yep. it's, it is an unfortunate thing. You shouldn't go into your boss and cry like, I just got divorced and now I need to make more money. But the truth is a lot of women like are okay with not necessarily getting good raises or not having gotten raises in a while and really just aren't valuing themselves and they don't realize it because now all of a sudden they do need the money because right. they've gotten divorced and now they have to learn how to have those critical conversations that like would make many women cry going into their boss. I, I have a friend who was working three days a week and um, at the time her husband was working and they had two boys in high school and then they were having some money struggles. So then she went, she said, and she fought for three days a week. Cause if everybody remembers before COVID like working part-time was not really working in the minds of corporate right. America. So now it's a whole new world. So whatever she went back, she asked for four days because she felt like she was already working the amount of four days, you know, in three days time. Right. And then she ended up getting a divorce and she knew she was going to have to pay her lawyer. And she's like, I need five days now. And she's, she's like, you know, do you value me or not? Like she was really almost desperate and, but you know, I don't know exactly what her delivery was, but they ended up doing it. And, um, so listen, you got nothing to lose. <laughs> You've got nothing to lose. They're either going to say yes, or they're going to say no. Right. So yeah, usually not going to fire you for asking for a raise. That's right. That's right. They shouldn't anyway. Right. That's a whole other conversation. So for people who are like in this situation, getting divorced, got divorced or on the other side and are kind of like, you know, in that place of on the fence, aren't sure what the next steps are to take. What would be like your one key piece of advice to get people sort of going and be able to take control of their finances to run their own lives? I mean, join the million dollar year. 
Let's see if you you're saying like if you weren't joining the program, what's one? Yeah, thing well, I mean, we we often ask people like you know what's the one thing you want people to know, or or if they are someone who've been divorced, what you know what do you wish you knew at the time? So like I'm yeah, I mean the one thing I would say is just to trust yourself that you can do this. Like it probably seems hard. It's probably a lot of terms, but don't get overwhelmed and know that it's all learnable and there's support exists for kind of getting this education in an easy to understand way, but it's absolutely possible. And it doesn't take as long as people think. They think that like five years from now, maybe I'll have things figured out. You can do it in a matter of months. Right. Don't think statistics class and calculus. No, it's, no, just no, don't. No. When it's no. your own money, it's not the same. I hated accounting more than anything. And now I do all the books for ex-experts and, and I can't say I enjoy <laughs> it, but I'm doing it well and I understand it. So anything's possible here. Right, ladies. right. So, well, Britt, thank you so much, so much for taking the time because this is definitely something that we really feel like um, is a service for all women who are going through or getting divorced and something that is sorely needed. And so thank you for you and Lorianne creating the program. Um, for anyone listening, we have all of the information about Britt and the Dow Janes program on our website. You'll find the um, their ex-experts page with links to all of the information for their programs and accounts. So go check it out and we'll see you next time. Thank Thanks you. So for everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all who would benefit from what we've talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe, rate, and review our Divorce Etc. podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media, at X-Experts, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. You can also find so much more, including articles and even the podcast transcripts on our website, at www.exexperts.com. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter now. When you get X-Experts in your inbox, you're the first to hear about all of our happenings at events, plus access special discounts and prices. Thanks for listening.